This Greg Collins Substitute Teachers Lounge. Lots of survey results today from parents, from students in the classroom and in the Zoom meetings, from my Facebook page, from Facebook in general, and from the internet. So it's interesting to see what everybody says. Your tongue twister for today. Say it five times fast. Let's see what the survey says. Let's see what the survey says. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways to satisfy my curiosity about various different topics, and I'm trying to spur some interest along on our Facebook page. I will let you know that our Facebook page, I posted a question this week, and that's one of the first things we're going to talk about because we had several people that are members of that Facebook page to reply to that. And I think I'm going to start doing a question per week on there. So rather than just going into the details, it is called Substitute Teachers Lounge. But if you go to where you normally listen to this podcast and you scroll down a bit to the show notes, you'll see the link there along with some other links too, if if you're interested in the other things posted. But the link to the Facebook page will be there this week for sure. At one of the Facebook members' request, we're going to be asking what part of the country you're from, and then I also have a substitute teacher-related question that I'm already thought of to share this week. So we want to start getting that Facebook page even more active. So I'll start putting some polls on there. I'll st- and I'll even leave it open so that you can add. A result to a poll and I'll let you know of one of the polls I participated in this week that we did the same thing. So several type survey results to talk about today. The first one I will talk about is, is, the, is the question I ask on my Facebook page. In my area for weeks the schools have been predicting a shortage of substitute teachers but I've not seen near as many absences posted this year thus far in Frontline via SubAlert. That's what we use in this area. How busy are substitute teachers in your areas compared to last year? Now, I'm not going to mention any names but of, the, of those who reply, but you can go to that Facebook page and see those names. They're, it's a private page, of course. You have to join it. And you can see the names and interact with the people there. I would encourage you to do that. But it was interesting. The very first comment almost sounds like it's describing my current situation. The comment was, we are being given long-term positions as class size is reduced by splitting classes in half. At the same time, many students and teachers are continuing distance learning and subs are being used there as well. Seems like a sub shortage in our area. So that was interesting information because that's basically what happened to me as well. I expect, as I mentioned probably every week, I'll probably end up going back to the normal type sub situation after this year. But due to COVID, that's the situation they're in. So that's one that votes for they think it's a sub shortage in the area. By the way, I did find out this week related to that, that while our district is open and students are there, 
the district that borders on us has just made an announcement that they're going to stay virtual until the end of the calendar year. So they will not be coming back until January. So, you know, just step over the line of our county and all of a sudden we're in a county that's not that's going to stay virtual for a while. Another response to that question is there is a desperate need for subs due to COVID exposure in our area. I've been working a lot more than last year. Another one says... In my regular district, not at all. They even turned off Frontline and have aides filling in when needed. So what a, you know, what a contrast as we go down through different areas of the country. She goes on to say, I went out of my regular district and have been doing back-to-back long-term, but the need for day subs has, has been steady. Another one answered, I was busy last year and in the beginning of this year before COVID. I almost worked all the days in a month and most of the time short-term or long-terms. Already in that time, my district was short for subs, especially bilingual. I decided not to work due to COVID. And, of course, that's a personal decision that a lot of people have had to make. And she mentioned she has received a lot of calls, though, for long-term type positions. Another one says, we're not in a shortage, virtual classes. I miss subbing and I want to get back into the classroom, but I can't imagine trying to teach wearing a mask. And of course, that is a personal decision as well. I actually thought that at first. I told her that. I thought the same thing at first, but it, you know, it kind of becomes second nature. We give everybody mask breaks all day long so we can go outside and keep socially distanced, but continue to stay safe. We are in desperate need of subs where I am. I got set up as a building sub through Kelly Services for this school year. I've been covering three classes at a time. Another one replies that I sub in seven districts. There's plenty of work to be had. Another one says very, very busy, overloaded. Another one just posted their uh, frontline schedule and it's very full. And you know, those, you know, you can see those responses were varied. Some said it was, you know, there has been such a lack of need of subs that they actually shut down frontline. That's crazy. And then another one said that, you know, they're busy all the time. So it contrasts across the country. As I mentioned, my gut feel is that in our area, the subs are a a bit down. I ran into a sub last week that I've worked in the hallway with from time to time in other schools. He said he's staying busy, as busy as he wants to be. But it's interesting. I was expecting a real shortage of subs. And I think because maybe 30% of our students in our district chose to stay home and take virtual classes, which, by the way, in my district, we have specially set aside teachers to conduct the virtual classes. So those of us that are teaching in classroom situations aren't involved at, with that at all, other than you know what we were until this week when we all came back in the classroom. Do we think we'll go back to virtual? Well, I have to be honest, our county has gone back up a little bit, but I think our county makes decisions on Thursday night, and as of this past Thursday night, which is now three days ago, we were good to go. So I hope we stay in the classroom. I will just give you an example One of my classes is computer applications, and we were going to take a Khan Academy JavaScript hour of coding. 
and it, it, we were, had split classes, so half of them were in the classroom at that time, half were home, and it's just not the same. The ones in the classroom enjoyed it. I think they enjoyed it because I was able to walk around and help them, and they were really proud of their accomplishments. But the ones that were home that didn't have teacher interaction, they were pretty much lost. So I really don't want to have to go back to virtual classes. If we do, I'd rather it be all one way or the other. That's my own personal opinion. Maybe that's a question to put on the Facebook page eventually. So look forward to those questions there. Make sure you sign up for the Facebook page. I will also mention that the next survey that I I actually posted this, this to one of the Facebook page groups that I'm in, it is called Khan Academy for Teachers. If you use Khan Academy at all or you're just thinking about it, I would encourage you to join that. It's it's got uh, I think it's got over a thousand members. I know in a matter of no time I had close to a hundred responses to this question and you know you don't you don't get that a lot on some of the facebook pages but here's the question i posted and the two answers that i listed and let me give you the background first i know from this the school i'm teaching at now from the schools i've taught in the past i began using khan academy i stumbled across Khan Academy on my own because I was teaching statistics in a sixth grade class and I kind of had a gut feel that I wasn't quite getting across what we were talking about at the time. So I started searching in YouTube and Khan Academy came up first and I thought their descriptions were excellent. Now, some of the ones I think have been confusing, to be honest, that I've tried to show my kids this year and I had to re-explain it to them. Most of them are very helpful, including that one. They took a lot of notes and it helped them quite a bit. So with the, And then I, I know a lot of teachers not only use Khan Academy, but use it for grading. So they, they link their classroom, and they see the results of their students and, and the types of grades they're getting on Khan Academy. Some make assignments, and not, not for graded purpose, but something that they, they do have to complete. So here's the question I posted. I said, as a teacher... I use Khan Academy mainly for, and the two choices I put down were instructional support and graded assignments. Now, I'll tell you this, one person added another answer for that. It was gaps of knowledge for kids. And of course, that was exactly what I was just describing to you that I used, you know, a few months ago, and it helped with that statistics class. So, Here's the breakout. I actually thought that graded assignments would be the largest. But to be honest, it was about right at 50% instructional support. I guess that's actually 60%. 60% instructional instructional report looks like about 25% graded assignments and about 15%, yes, 15% and gaps of knowledge for kids. I was actually expecting it to be a lot more for graded assignments. And I'll be honest, I felt a little concerned that I wasn't giving enough for graded assignments. But that does look like that instructional support is by far the normal way to use it. So I will continue using it that way. I'll be honest, I cheated a little bit. I've gotten so used to using 
the Google Classroom quiz assignment feature that can automatically be set up to grade and post to directly into Infinite Campus in our case. So it just flows so easily. I actually graded some tests last night and I just clicked import grades and then SIS export. And within 10 minutes, everything was posted on their Infinite Campus and they had been contacted as well. So it's really a a fast process. So if you're curious about that, Khan Academy is a great tool. It appears that at least according to this survey, 75% use it for either instructional support or gaps of knowledge with the remaining 25% using it for graded assignments. The next survey related result that I'll bring up is the fact of it's, it's sort of a paper handout versus virtual. Now there's some things that it's very difficult not to have paper handouts for. We did one project this week that involved graphing paper and I did find some decent graphing websites, virtual graphing paper, and they learned how to draw lines on that and post their points. If I gave them points, they could post it on their chart and determine what quadrant it was in, in in the math class I was teaching. So that's one thing that we did do, but I've had some discussions with some teachers that that teach close by with me, and we were kind of joking how one of the big things that's changed during the COVID situation and teaching in the classroom is the lack of students being without pencils. I remember, I, I've i told you this in a previous, previous podcast that I finally broke down and bought me a gross of pencils. I found a really good price. I did that in years past. This year so far, I've gotten by with the stack of, of, I think it was 20 pencils that the school gave me from the beginning because all the students are now bringing a device. And the vast majority of their, their assignments were putting on those devices in Google Classroom. So there is more typing than writing. Even their reading skills, a lot of that is actually typing into the computer. One of the things that I did in my computer applications class in the very beginning was taking them to typing.com and teaching them, you know, letting them practice on some typing skills. And it's funny, one of the teachers told me this week that a student made a comment that I'm glad we worked on those typing skills in Mr. Collins' class because the project that they were working on helped them with that. So that's always a strong possibility. But I asked the students, one of the questions I asked them, do you prefer the when we were writing our assignments on paper, or would you prefer to have everything online? And this probably isn't a shock to do, to you just because of the generation of students we have. It was probably over 90%. They would prefer all of their classes to be online. And are we losing our writing skills? Yes, probably we are. When calculators came along, did did our brains get a little lazy from time? Sure they did. We could just punch it in a calculator. And the more math practice you have, the sharper your mind remains. We do math puzzles. In fact, we did numbrics puzzles this week in class as an exercise to keep your math sharp. 
That's a Parade Magazine thing, by the way. If you go to search for Numbrics, uh, it's N-U-M-B-R-I-X dot, I guess just search for Numbrics, N-U-M-B-R-I-X, and then go to the one that's in Parade Magazine is the one I like best. They really enjoyed that, by the way, so that's kind of a neat project to keep their minds involved with math. But, you know, I asked them, they are definitely more into the virtual online things. It's just part of our generation. We might as well face that. We might as well let them use their gadgets, since they're going to have them anyway, for good learning principles. I am trying my best to assign everything, even if in the Google Classroom, even if I sign it on Google Classroom so that the ones that are are in class can look at it. We had a couple of students that had to miss this week for personal reasons. They were able, and very conscientious students, they were able to go into Google Classroom and keep their assignments current. That's just the type of students they were. It would have been much more difficult to do that if it was a pencil and paper type assignment. So, Guys, I'm as old fogey as they come. I'm in my 60s, but I still like to cater to what the students like, and they like the virtual situation as well. You've got to decide for yourself what's best, but you're going to find in a survey that, especially with middle school and high school, they would prefer all their assignments and even all their quizzes and tests to be in a virtual environment rather than with pencil and paper. So you can take that for what it's worth. If you ask me in a survey, I'm going to say the same thing every time. Now, I would love for you to disagree with me and post your responses on the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook page. So remember that that's there. One of the other Facebook communities that I joined is called Kahoot Teacher Community. The Kahoot is actually spelled just like in their logo with that exclamation point at the end if you're looking for that. One of the questions I saw in there, and it ended up being kind of a survey because a lot of people had different answers. A teacher was concerned because she set up a Kahoot challenge, which I've done too, and gave them a deadline. Can you tell me where I can find the results? Remember to click that reports button at the top. I have told you that I've given my kids tests. I will continue to give my kids tests that way. I will say that the quiz assignment feature on Google Classroom is just as easy, if not even better, because of the flow into Infinite Campus if you can link your Google Classrooms to that feature. But Kahoot is a great method to do that because it grades those for you. And the the survey basically revealed that a lot of people are using that feature. They're using Kahoot. You know, Kahoot is just not a big party. Okay. Now, a lot of people, not not a lot of people, I'm going to back up. A few people aren't a a big fan of Kahoot because they think it just creates a party atmosphere. Well, yeah, if you pull up one about movies and just let them play, they're going to be very competitive and yell out about what that is. And it's okay to have fun in class, so I'm all right throwing one of those out there if they've worked really hard. They kind of earn maybe something that's fun and special. But the testing, man, they they stayed quiet the whole time. 
They loved the fact that they could see the results of their question immediately. They knew what they scored immediately. Even with Google Classroom, the quiz assignment feature, they also know what they scored immediately. Now, they don't always know how it will affect their grade overall under either of those. Because I don't know about you, but in our area, we have the formative versus summative type grading procedure. Formative being everything, basically, that you give them as assignments that you're giving them points for, up to the point where you give them a quiz or test over what you've been reviewing for a while. That is summative. You know, think of the word summary. That is summative. In our area, we're doing... The summative counts for 65% of the grade, and the formative accounts for the other 35. Or in other words, unit tests count for 65% of the grade. Homework assignments for points count for 35. So that's the way we do it in our area. But Kahoot is a great tool for that. I assume Quizlet is as well. Somebody mentioned to me, not mentioned to me, but mentioned on that that survey that they use GimKit, and I probably won't use it unless somebody tells me why I should be using that. I ask why, and I really don't like responses to questions that says, I use this, because everybody got has their favorites. They might use it and not realize there's something better out there. I might use it and not realize there's something better out there. So anytime I post a question to my Facebook page, please Don't just tell me what you use. Tell me why you use it. And that's the way we can all grow and learn together. A student survey that I've been asking in different ways. I don't always ask the question flat out like this because you've got different personalities or students, different students that would just like to be left alone different students that want to answer every question you ask, and you eventually have to say, all right, somebody except Bob and Mary answer this question, and I'll go around the room, and sure enough, it is very rare that they don't know the answer. They're just shy about raising their hand. Now, let me tell you what I did. I asked them the question, do you, and I asked it, in a way that they could answer privately. It was on just a little survey type tool that we did. And they, the other students didn't have to see what they were answering, but it would, it it amounted to this. Do you enjoy the teacher interacting with you? Do you, and the second question was, do you think that helps with learning? And it's kind of funny. And to be honest, I can't remember if I actually used the word enjoy, But I got much more response, positive response out of, yes, I think teacher interaction helps me learn than I just had with the, do you enjoy the teacher? I didn't say looking over your shoulder, of course, but something to that effect. So they do like the interaction. And let me tell you what I've observed. And of course, this goes for a substitute too. You're going to be teaching sometimes classes more than one time, or even if you're just teaching once, this all applies to everybody, subs, teachers, everything. The more you interact with the students in a positive way, you have to build them up, and the more they're going to interact with you. The instant you run a student down in front of their classmates, maybe even if they deserved it in your mind, well, 
they're probably going to tune out on you for a while. I try to stay as positive as I can. And even when I had to be quasi harsh with the student, I'll usually talk to them after class is over and said, do you think I was too tough or was I justified in what I had to do? And most of the time, they'll say it was justified. They understood. So, and that kind of opens the door back up. I've noticed this year as I've taught students that weren't saying anything, I would begin calling on students. And now those same students that weren't saying anything, all of a sudden are raising their hand. They're ready to answer a question. They're ready to kind of show off in front of their classmates. I called on one student this year that has slowly improved their grade since the beginning of the year. I hope it has a little bit to do with me interacting with them. But for the first time this week, they're raising their hand. Now, I did notice when I called on them, they almost tried to pull their hand back down. and then, But then I called on them. They thought about it for a few seconds. I think they just needed a little confidence. And you could tell that they answered their question <laughs> kind of with a, with a question mark after it. Like, is it two over four? Is it one over two? Something to that effect. We're doing ratios now, so... I think the answer was one over two, and that's the answer that student gave me. So I consider that a victory. I know that I'm going to see that student's hand go up a lot more. So that was very, very positive. And I'll just add on to that. I know the parents feel the same way. I've had parents, they didn't come right out and say it this way, but basically what they were saying continued to talk to my student. I think they will answer you if you ask them the question. Maybe that will bring them out of their shell a little bit. So it that has worked so well for me this week. We're almost out of time and I didn't get near to everything that I thought I would. So Mr. Collins has the gift of gab again. It's kind of funny when the kids will ask me on occasion did you ever get in trouble in school? And I said, if I got in trouble in school, what do you think it was for? And they all know. They all said, you were talking too much in class, weren't you? So they love the stories that I share with them. I shared the story at a middle school one time. I it, I hadn't seen them in a while, so I got to talking to them. And before I knew it, I had talked 20 minutes, and they didn't have any other assignment done. So I could have gotten reprimanded for in that situation. But anyway, you all have a good week. We'll get back again next week on Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.